Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, an animated anthology series created by Dave Filoni. It is part of the Star Wars franchise, exploring different Jedi characters from the prequel trilogy era. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and this one, Tales of the Jedi, was actually the title of a, a Dark Horse Star Wars series, which was anthology. Each issue... Uh, Actually, each issue, you tended to get like two stories a bit not dissimilar from Archie, but you get like focused on one story at the front half and a different story at the back half. So when they announced this and they said what it was, um, sorry, that was Star Wars Tales. Tales of the Jedi was a, a separate comic, but it was a similar thing. Tales of the Jedi was anthology where they do a story arc on one era and then they'd switch to a completely different era and tell a story there and then just move around to we have this idea for a story it's one story arc it doesn't matter where it takes place and they kind of chopped and changed and went wherever so when i heard it initially i'm like oh great i'll watch that star wars it's animated stay filoni like mr clone wars mr rebels Mr. Bad Batch, Mr. Co-Rider on Mandalorian. Like, I mean, how could it at, go wrong? At this point, you'd go as far as saying Mr. Star Wars. I mean, yes, John Favreau is still doing the live action stuff, but Dave Filoni, like, he's Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, Ahsoka, who is half of the episodes on on this, is his character. He created her. He pretty much has creative license for whatever she does. If they write something about her, he gets approval before it goes to print and can make changes. Um, And for anyone who's watched any of the other animated stuff he does, all the voice actors and voice work are the people he used. You've got, Ashley Eckstein coming back as Ahsoka, as always. She's done everything that wasn't live action. Um, that's Rosario Dawson. You've got uh, D. Bradley Baker as any clone trooper that appears. <laughs> he does a lot of other uh, ones as well, like uh, Kiati Mordi and stuff, but uh, that's everything. All the clones is what he's known for, and Rex specifically, Anakin Skywalker, Matt Lanter. Obi-Wan Kenobi, James Arnold Taylor, Count Duke, who's Corey Burton, who's phenomenal. Uh, he really does a great job. He's got so much character to his voice, and they do great stuff with him in this. Mace Windows, Terrence Carson. Um, where they've changed on it is they've introduced Yaddle, which was who was in Star Wars Episode One, no speaking roles. She's a little Yoda creature with the red hair. Um, she's voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard, who of course has directed episodes of The Mandalorian multiple seasons and other episodes. Did she do an episode? She of... did a Book of Boba Fett. Book of, I'm pretty yeah. sure she did one I think of the... She did the Mandalorian episodes. Yeah, I was going to say one of the more well received episodes. The portrayal of Yaddle in this, I did see a lot of comments online questioning. So why does Yoda talk like that? Because it had always been a thing. I, I mean, I guess I'm, 
I'm sure you're gonna. I'm amazing, but I'm, I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's that, that's interesting. Where one of the things I read, and whether it's what you're gonna say or not, is that Yoda is older, and the way that he speaks isn't necessarily how his people speak, but it's how the Jedi, like ancient Jedi, ancient texts. That's. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, you're you're more Star yeah, Wars than yeah, me. Yeah. Um. So, and that's something. Dave Filoni commented, Yoda, uh, that is not how Yoda's species, which we still haven't got a name for, speak, uh, nor do we have a name of a planet of where they come from. That's specific to Yoda, and it's a mannerism he picked up from his master. Not that all Jedi spoke that way back then, because, you know, you're talking about someone who's 900 years old. Uh, It's just the quirk he picked up from his master and he never dropped same way as Qui-Gon picked up his independence from Dooku and a little bit of that went to Obi-Wan which a little bit of that went to Anakin which a little bit of that went to Ahsoka um that's Yoda's one his is obviously not being passed down to any of the by the time we get to Yaddle she's significantly younger than him hence she has color in her hair but I'm glad they didn't because it's hard dialogue to write. You can't just write dialogue and then grab the end of it and put it at the front. That's not how it works. A lot of people think that's how Yoda's speech works, but there's more nuance to that. You have to start with a statement and then move into a question, almost like a word for word translation of like Italian or something. But it has its it has rules. Otherwise, it just sounds like you've mixed it up for mixing it up sake. And he doesn't always speak back to back to front. Sometimes he just says a sentence normal. Yeah, it's all broken. If you actually lit, yeah, if you actually break it down, like I have, like 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 Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, there are multiple. Um, like, do not underestimate the powers of the Emperor. That's a line from Yoda. He does not say, uh, he doesn't say, you know, underestimate uh, the Emperor. You do not. That's not. Otherwise, ah, we could point with everything else. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. yeah, it's not every single one of his lines. It's just a, a significant portion to make it an, a nuance. Uh, when they break up with, for this, as I said, other than Bryce Dallas Howard doing Yaddle, is Liam Neeson's son, plays Padawan Qui-Gon in episode two Justice. That's Qui-Gon, that's Liam Neeson's actual son, voicing which young is, Liam Neeson. Which is perfect. And they have acted alongside each other in the film. I can't remember yeah. the name of it. They've done a film together. Like, honestly, so I, I'm watching this, and straight away, Clone Wars, that's the animation style. But yeah. if, it it didn't even register with me. I felt so stupid afterwards that when you had young Qui-Gon, do you know what my first thought was? Is Obi-Wan's actor? It looks like Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But Qui-Gon Jinn, he's got the long hair, the beard, and that's Liam Neeson in Star Wars. But you've got this younger character, and, like, oh, and then, yes, of course, it, it ended up being Qui-Gon Jinn. But on that, though, yes, his son... Um, played him 
when he was younger. And then we get Liam Neeson in an episode yeah. voicing Qui-Gon Jinn. And it's not the first time in recent years he's returned to the franchise. We've got him in the season finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which was excellent. But having Liam Neeson back, because all those other actors that you mentioned are fantastic. Yeah. They all do such a good job, you know, from Clone Wars and, and all of that. But having Neeson back, you just think, well, why is Jackson not back? I mean, I've read so much or so many interviews with Samuel L. Jackson talking about Star Wars, Mace Windu. I mean, he really wanted to be in Star Wars. Apparently, it was his idea for a purple lightsaber. So he's contributing ideas and all of that. And he said in many interviews over the years that he'd like to return of the character or return as the character, whether he was talking more live action, I don't know. But I'm just, I mean, I know like if we're looking at career trajectory, Liam Neeson's doing a lot of, to be fair, stock standard action movies at the moment. Yeah. Jackson isn't. So he's he's still doing like the bigger films. But at the same time, I was really surprised that Jackson did not return for this. I mean, I'm assuming it's not that he would have turned it down. Schedule conflicts. Like, I mean, he's doing Secret Invasion. He's back as Nick Fury for Marvel. And again, he's still busy with his film career. But I was just surprised. Yeah, and you also get Ian McDermott to do the Palpatine, which for all of the other animated stuff, there was another voice actor who did all of uh, Palpatine's lines, but they got Ian McDermott in. I mean, reaching out to Liam Neeson and Ian McDermott, like everyone else, I'm sure people would have preferred to have had them get Hayden Christensen to come in for Anakin. But in terms of the Clone Wars, which is the style and everything else it's filmed in, Matt Lanter is the guy people think of. If you suddenly have Hayden Christen's voice coming out of that animation style, it will throw people off. Liam oh, Neeson I, I voiced, voiced yeah. uh, the ghost of Qui-Gon back in like season six of the Clone Wars. So it's not the first time he's come in on the animation ah, side. I didn't know that he did that. Okay, so that, that does make more sense. I thought that yeah. the Obi-Wan series was the first time since Phantom Menace. Live action, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We're just in general. Oh, yeah. I didn't realise that Neeson yeah. had come back in animation. Yeah, um, and Ian McDermott has said he hadn't done any of the other animated stuff. If you want, like, Palpatine, you, you go to Ian McDermott. Like, Ian I McDermott. mean, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was, he's literally been the Emperor since Return of the Jedi. Like, no one knows how to do that voice better. No one is like, and if you can get him, why wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, I, I think Mace Windu is probably a combination of not bothering to ask because he was already busy. Um, and like Matt Lanter and uh, Dee Bradley Baker and James Arnold Taylor, who all did all the animated stuff for the, their characters, like you just worked with Maura Morrison. Why wasn't he brought in to do Rex? Well, because Dee Bradley Baker's done Rex. He's the animation guy. Inception. Yeah, I don't know. It's just 
I closely associate Mace Windu with Samuel L. Jackson. But anyway, yeah. you've, you've explained it. Before we get into the episodes, and I think we can do each episode. I mean, there's only six and essentially yep. three storyline or two storylines weaving between the two. Dave Filoni began writing the series while working on Star Wars series The Mandalorian and revealed the first official details about it in May 2022. And as we talked about, it was to consist of six episodes split into two paths, one following the character Ahsoka and the other depicting the character Count Dooku with the final episode loosely adapting the events of the 2016 novel Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. All episodes of Tales of the Jedi were released on Disney Plus October 26th, 2022 to generally favourable reviews. Yeah, and they only, once you take away the credits, they only last about 12 or 14 minutes each episode. They are so short. Like some of them, you're right. I mean, any any Disney Plus show, five plus minutes have been credits. Yeah. <laughs> there is so so much end credits. So when you're looking at the runtime, yeah, so if it's like, yeah. So they end up being a lot shorter than what you think they're going to be. So this ended up being such a quick watch. Yeah, I did it in an afternoon without any difficulty. I, I didn't do them like that. I didn't do them all in one. But do you know what? I was able to, I watched a couple by myself, and then two out of the six, my five-year-old was in the room, and she sat and watched them with me. And do you know what? It is absolutely fine. It plays well to an adult and to a child. Like There's nothing really in there. And when there's violence, it's not bloody violence. I mean, this is, you know, still Star Wars. But I just found it interesting that I could appreciate it, a five-year-old could appreciate it, and just the craft, the animation, the voice work, the music, I mean, all of it. It's, I mean, it kind of, I've not seen all of the Clone Wars. Most, not all, and I've seen Rebels and all of the first season of The Bad Batch. But this does very much feel like an add-on, like a companion. Like, mm. In a good way, not not as a it doesn't detract from it, but it does feel like here's the thing that you've watched and enjoyed. Here's something extra to go along with that. Yeah, and what I found as well is each episode, despite that short length, they're so efficient at getting you set up, invested, and like the punch of the episode lands every single time. Um, would I want talking about the Count Dooku stuff? And this is online. Everyone's been saying the same. I want more of this. I want more of Count Dooku. He's fascinating. Absolutely. Even yeah. those who'd read stuff with novels, fleshing out more of his stuff as a Jedi, even those people were like, it's not until I watched this that I actually understood and sympathized with Count Dooku. Because his story arc and episodes two, three, and four, uh, starting with Justice, then Choices, and then finally the Sith Lord, you see him as Qui-Gon's master, while Qui-Gon's still an apprentice around the same age as Obi-Wan was in Phantom Menace. They go to a, 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 a planet, and 
a senator's son's been kidnapped. And when they get there, the town is, it's a wreck. It is, it looks like the potato famine of Ireland in this town. It's gray. There's no uh, plants. It's derelict and run down. They sit in the bar and they quickly realize everyone in the town is up. And Dooku's very, he's, you instantly recognize he's Dooku. Not just the voice, but and the cape, and but the mannerisms, his forcefulness. He walks in and says, Let me make myself clear, and just puts his lightsaber on the table. And they're like, Oh crap, it's already over. Like, yeah, we'll show you where the sun is. Yeah, that's all that's all it takes. But then when he sees, he's obviously quickly picked up that this place is run down. He's like, Why is it this bad? And the senator's son next says, my father's taken all the money here and taken off world. Like he's made it's he's and he's taken it for himself. No, these that's why these people are so desperate to gun this. Like we cannot let this stand. And then the senator rocks up with armed forces and Dooku's straight away like, I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so disgusted at that sort of corruption because that's not. And he makes a statement: "You serve the you serve the Senate," and Dooku counters. No, I serve the people of this republic, and an unspoken. It's like like you're supposed to jerk, um, and he's, yeah, it's brilliantly done. Second episode choices. They're going on a mission, uh, Dooku and Windu now. Uh, before Win- Mace was part of the Jedi Council, a Jedi's died. They're just there to re- pick up the body and return it home. That's it. But Dooku's like, no, 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 like. This is sus. I'm gonna find out. And and Mace says very specifically, we're gonna do exactly as we've been told by the council, no more. Then when they first get there and they can see how sus it is, because Dooku just asks a question and immediately it's uncomfortable. Dooku uh Mace is like, All right, yeah, we'll grab the body and report to the council what we've just found. And he's like, We haven't found like no, we while we're here, don't give him time to cover up. Take us where it happened and straight away even mace is like all right this is sus as shit like yeah like and and anybody could see that this something's not wrong turns out that the senator was also corrupt selling off their planet to other people taking leaving none of the money for the people on the planet and it's all to their detriment the people there it's actually rax's prime which is where the separatist capital is during the clone wars and this is Dooku's first run-in with these people. Uh, they've had enough. They were just going to eliminate the senator for what he's done. But a Jedi was there, and they and they figured the Jedi just lackeys for the Senate. They kill her to protect themselves because they didn't think they had a choice. And then they had the senator like, we've got you at gunpoint. We can implicate you in a murder clean this up and then get the hell out basically but it to get set fire so you can see again dooku's seeing the corruption of the senate and the counts and and uh the jedi aren't stepping in and doing their role of no no we serve people if there's corruption we're supposed to help stamp it out out we don't serve the senators we serve the people how if we only take everything at face value how are we going to make any difference and then finally, the Sith Lord, he's already working with Palpatine. 
you see him, he's deleting the stuff from uh, Kamino from the Jedi archives, which is the point of Attack of the Clones. Like, uh, he's already killed Cypro DS and he's using that guy's code. He's already set up the clone army and everything else. And during this is when, during the Phantom Menace, his apprentice Qui-Gon has just run into Dooku. And by the end of the episode, he's dead and he's, you can see he's hurt. He's emotionally like crushed that yeah. he's already leaving the Jedi Order. But because they wouldn't listen to him, like a Sith up here, that's ridiculous. Like we need more evidence. They had sent Qui-Gon out on his own instead of sending a task force, and it's cost his apprentice his life. And he's just thinking about this boy he raised who's been killed because of their, like, again, them just taking everything at face value and taking everything. And, like, you can see why he became the person he did, even though Yaddle is like, no, 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 come back. We can fix this. He's like, I've already gone too far. Yeah. And it's all so well acted. Yeah. The music is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, all of it. You're right yes. on on all points. I mean, I like Ahsoka as a character. Like, I think most people do. I think everybody does. Yeah. But Count Dooku, for me, this is his show. Yeah. And it's just, it's what these shows should be doing, adding to what we already know. No, adding to what we already know, whether it's film, TV, and it's really fleshing out this character. And you're right, like, you really see him go on this journey. Like, going back to the look of Dooku, no mistaking Christopher Lee. Absolutely. Like, this is Christopher Lee in the Clone Wars animation style. What I will say, though, for the most part, like, Corey Burton really is excellent. Like, he really channels Christopher Lee. But I've got to be honest, on occasion, I was getting a little bit of Alan Rickman, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> the the character, and then again, like as short as these episodes are, just three episodes at three different points in Dooku's life. Yeah, I can see why fans are wanting more. Like, give us more of this, more of that character, and then just with that third episode where this is Phantom Menace, we're in proper yeah. prequel territory here, and yeah. Qui Gon is now dead. But in that first episode, he was. The young young apprentice. We got him when he was older, and now he's died, and we're just seeing Dooku's reaction. And it's how it should be with a villain. You should be able to see some semblance of both sides. Like, oh, yeah. okay, so this this okay, the corruption is here, but I can see it. I can see how he's getting from A to B. Yeah, yeah they handle it so well, and yeah, Dooku for me was the highlight of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and. I because of this, I want to see a live action like series covering all this. Like you've got how would like, you though? How how could I mean casting? Yeah, you, how yeah. could you handle the casting? I don't know if you could. Um because you'd have to do a young Christopher Lee, which is unfortunate. I I would take longer versions of this and get more of it. Like not hey, just could. why he's still a Jedi. But Could also happen. during the Clone Wars and him doing the stuff on his side. Because, yeah, they could absolutely do more with this. Um, but moving to the Ahsoka stuff, Ahsoka's got to be, she's going to be, she's probably my number three favorite Star Wars character. It goes, for me, it goes like Anakin, Obi-Wan. Like, I count Vader with Anakin, yeah. uh, Obi-Wan, and then Ahsoka. Because 
like man did they do an incredible job with that character and here we get to see uh, episode one's her birth so you see her mother party who's voiced by uh janina uh gavanka i think is how you pronounce her name i've probably just butchered that she played ice and versio in battlefront 2 in the main campaign she was also if for those who watched uh true blood she was the female shapeshifter in i think it was season four uh, running around with Sam. Oh, that kind of rings about. Yeah. No, can I can I just be honest? So started watching this, that first episode, Ahsoka was a baby, and I had this like wave of dread. So oh no, what is this show gonna be? I don't know if I want this. I don't want baby Star Wars characters. What is this gonna be? End of the episode, I was hooked. Like they yeah. they got me. It was so engaging and being force sensitive, so young, and the elder in the village recognizing she's Jedi. And yeah, but at first I thought, I don't know, I don't know about baby Jedi's. But yeah, no, this yeah. um this was a good opening. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's called Life and Death. Her second episode, Practice Makes Perfect. Anakin actually says to her. The reason I'm so harsh is on you is this is about life and death using the title of the first episode. So because uh, he's she's doing training and she's just impressed everyone with her training, which is the standard Jedi training against remotes that are being upgraded to mimic battle droids. And she's like, this, like, this is what everyone's going to do. And he goes, yeah, but that's not good enough. Like, that's what battle droids are like. He goes, yeah, but battle droids suck. I'm going to give you better training. Yeah. So he forces her to train against clones in a group circle, just her against them on the stun setting over and over again, failing and failing and failing. And he instills her like, I'm not always going to be there for you. The only thing I can do is teach you to protect yourself. That is my job because it's important. And it's because of this training, this episode ends. Season seven the final episode where she walks into that group with Rex into the clones. That's where it ends. The reason she survived is because Anakin was so hard on her in training. She knew how to defend herself against clones. Like again, it adds that another little layer, that little wrinkle that adds another dimension of like the the reason she's so good. Now we know it's been actually set up and finally finished off. As you said, with the, the Ahsoka novel, which I've read, uh condensed massively down to just its bare essentials she's had to go off and live a little life she has to save someone reveals a force sensitivity and a uh an inquisitor rocks up and it's voiced by clancy brown <laughs> oh like, perfect <laughs> so of course it is because you want a dark villain he immediately he recognizes who or she is from a talent because he's obviously hunted other jedi already he's like you're Ahsoka, like Asuka, Ahsoka, of course it's you. And without even a lightsaber, she takes him out in like three moves, takes his lightsaber and takes him down with it. Um, and it's the lightsaber she takes off him. It's a double lightsaber. It's the, those crystals that she purifies, which she uses to make her lightsabers that you see in Rebels that are all white and in the Mandalorian. And that's what you, where she got them from. Oh wow! She, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. that's cool um but yeah uh it doesn't add a whole lot those who've read the novel know this um but it is a really well condensed version of that the episode five probably meant more to me because the emotional contact of her with anakin and the fact that the that's what saved her life essentially um but yeah unfortunately it does all end with the dooku stuff being more compelling because it was different to me i'm like i, I didn't know this and I, I i'm glad to know this now i want more yeah well it's adapting and it's touching on what i guess you already know for ahsoka and it's just new information for dooku you know i mentioned two episodes that i watched with my youngest daughter and the last episode the third episode with ahsoka was one of those two and i think it was a good episode for her to watch like you're seeing this female character you're seeing she's force sensitive my five-year-old isn't knowing too much about the history of Soka, but okay, so this is an alien character. She's got abilities. And then, as you've said, that quick battle takes his lightsaber and she wins. Yeah. So it's presenting, you know, a strong female character. Yeah, the, I, I do love the character of Ahsoka. I didn't realize that she was in your in your top three. But these episodes, I mean, surely they're gonna do more of these as like an anthology series and if this is how they're going to handle it like every now and then you're going to get a season of six episodes two stories i think it's a good way to go yeah absolutely um and obviously dave filoni wrote all these and directed all these um but the music uh kevin kiner is the guy who does the music he did all of the clone wars and rebels and everything else it's phenomenal. Those emotional beats, uh, there's like a there's a sadness. It sounds Star Wars, but there's like a sadness to them all because these all are like melancholy stories. This is seeing Dooku, a good man who falls on like the wrong way, and this is someone we know who and with Ahsoka whose life is not going to go a good way because we know what happens to the Jedi and that she ends up like a survivor, like one of the last. Um, And the music sells all of it. It's all so well put together. Yeah, Kaina is excellent. Yes, he's bringing all this original music and like I say, music that is, I guess, is used previously, whether it's Clone Wars, the other Star Wars shows he's done. But when they need to, they use John Williams. Yeah. When they need to. And and you're right, like kind of, he's been doing it long enough now. Like he can sound like Star Wars, not quite like John Williams, but he has his own sound for Star Wars. Like you instantly recognize the Star Wars. But when they need to bring in the big guns, you do get the original themes from Williams as part of this series as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of my rating for this series, I'm giving it five. Five. Not, not, <laughs> it is short. If, it any, is, yeah, yeah. if there was ever going to be, uh, if I was going to say two things wrong with this, the first one, it would be it's so short and it left me wanting more. Give me more. I want more. Uh, the second would be having known so much about Ahsoka, I feel like her episodes uh, could have been focused on someone else. Um maybe even just that first one of her as a baby 
that could have been fleshed out more with Dooku. Um, but those second two, uh, the practice makes perfect and resolve was so good and like so bittersweet. Uh, I wouldn't send them back. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I'll, I'll keep those. <laughs> those are incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, the music, the voice acting, these people are, have been doing this for so long. They, they like anytime they come back, it's a treat. Uh, and yeah, more, more Disney. Give me more. <laughs> and I'm sure they're going to give you more. It's an interesting one because just what you just said there, like, I mean, you give it a five. I mean, it's top marks. But just talking about Ahsoka, like they were pretty much, they were telling you what you already know, like whether that's from other Star Wars shows or books or wherever that's come from. But for me, I didn't. I wasn't getting information repeated to me, so I was like, "Okay, so this is new for me." So it's like, I guess they're going for the wider audience. Yeah. So if I mean, it's Star Wars and Disney Plus, so maybe people have just seen the films and not all of Clone Wars and everything else that's followed. I, I really enjoyed this. I mean, I do like the character of Ahsoka. She's great in live action. She's great in animation, but Count Dooku. He's the main draw for this show for me. And like you, I would absolutely like to spend more time with this character. And he's not just a mustache twirling villain, one dimensional. Like this guy is layered. It was great having more time with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Liam Neeson back, voicing the character. I did really like it. I did. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I would have liked it to have been longer, but then at the same time, like it did work for the duration that we got it for. So wanting more of something, consider that a negative. I don't know. I mean, it leaves you wanting more. No doubt we're going to get more. I'm not going to come in as high as you. I mean, five is I mean, <laughs> four marks. But I'm going to come in at a four out of five. Like it is, it is it's really well put together i mean again like i've not seen all of the clone wars like you have so no doubt i would have had a more rounded experience a fuller experience if i'd have seen all of that uh, but just going off what i know of star wars film tv comics i mean yeah the show really delivered and disney plus it's such a good place for a star wars anthology series i was so fortunate Disney having Star Wars, Marvel, and we're getting all this original content, film, TV. But yeah, Tales of the Jedi, I'll give it four out of five. Yeah. Well, that's it for our episode, all about Star Wars, Tales of the Jedi. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.